Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Upfront. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. It's going down to the final weekend, everyone. Manchester United got the most dramatic stoppage time winner to beat Manchester City and keep the fight going for one more match day. It was a little bit squeaky bum time, but also I knew they'd do it, so it wasn't that much of a squeaky bum time. But it is now Chelsea's title race to lose after beating Arsenal. And this Sunday will be a huge day in more ways than one, with a couple of legends on the way out. Sad times, everyone. We will also talk about the Spurs turnaround as they push Reading through the relegation trapdoor and how the first ever Premier League WSL double header really went. Rach, massive weekend for both ends of the table. Um, it was squeaky bum time for Manchester United. I mean, I was never in any doubt, but I'm assuming that the rest of the population kind of thought that this would be where they came second and Chelsea finally ran away with the title. But Manchester United produced a last minute goal, Luthia Gathia being the absolute hero that she is. I mean, the celebration, she took off of her Man United shirt. She had this beautiful shirt underneath, these messages of support. And it was just like the most incredible atmosphere up north. Like the derby, the, the sun, the we're still in the title race, that we've actually secured our first Champions League spot. It was the first time they'd beat Man City in the league. It's It was huge. I mean, Rach, what were your thoughts? It was a little bit of an evenly matched battle, but also I thought Man United were the better team. I tell you what, um, I was a little bit worried for United watching it the longer the game went on and the longer they didn't get another goal. And 
it, it, it was kind of looking like they weren't going to. They were having chances, but they were just missing them where the ball was just wider. And it just felt like, oh my God, is this going to happen again? Because when Angledal got that cross come, I mean, it wasn't a shot, but you know, when that went in, I thought, oh my God. Because if you remember back to last season, when they had a, the Manchester Der- Derby at Lee, United went up 1-0 and then City lost a player. Georgia Stanway got sent off. City scored. And, you know, it kind of felt like it was history repeating itself. And were United going to do the same thing that they did last season and not put the game to bed? Um, and what was quite funny was that when Lucia Garcia uh, came on, I put in the WhatsApp group Lucia Garcia to win it. Like literally as she was coming on the pitch. I need to and see DC. I need to see evidence I'll, of that message. I'll send it you. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it you. Yeah. Um, I actually put it on my Instagram. Or should I, put, I put it on my Twitter. That's what I did. Um, so I'm a psychic now in case anyone's wondering. Uh, but yeah, that was, oh, it, 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 it was a testament to United and the difference that they've shown this season, both with mentality and drawing on their experiences. And I think we've talked a lot about that with United this season. Mark Skinner has talked a lot about drawing on their experiences and you know, using what they've gone through before to learn. So I think we're seeing that in a lot of matches. We're seeing it where they kept pushing against Villa and got the goal at the death. We're seeing it this this game where they've literally been in the same scenario, Man City down to 10, at Lee, um, drawing the game, and they use that experience. And I think that's what's kind of pushed them so much further this season. And that's what, you know, they deserve to still be in this title race at the final weekend. Um, so I'm so glad it, it went the way it went. But my God, the drama, it just made you kind of sit there going, God, I love football. It was just that I think you're completely right. It was the belief that they had. I mean, they'd scored within two minutes. I mean, but that had come from some beautiful link-up play, then being very direct, then being very, we've got, we need to do the business. Otherwise, if we don't do the business, we're out of the race. And you could see that. The mentality is 100% there. And I think a lot of that does come down to, to Skinner. And also, it is all to play for now. It is that final weekend. And Chelsea Reading is not a done and dusted deal. As far, yeah, I know how badly Reading are perhaps doing. And I know how strong Chelsea are perhaps doing also but you don't actually know what is going to happen like everything rests on that game for both teams so it is a scary one but yeah I mean going back to that that first chance two minutes I mean lad an absolute bloody rocket out of nowhere just disgusting but it was I think it was the drama of the game as well because then you also had the um Paris going one-on-one and then Roebuck having the time of her life just skipping up the field into some kind of like striker type <laughs> position but she was so far away from the ball like I don't you couldn't see her starting position from the start of the screen but she must have been on her line because the amount of time that it took her to actually get there and wipe Paris out completely I was like mate what on earth are you thinking um Russia yeah blood carded but also a really great opportunity for youngster, four-year-old Kiara Keating to step in goal um, and have the absolute, well, she had a really good game, but she was unfortunate, obviously, to, to not not have the, the win under her belt. Yeah, Like, talk about pressure. Um, you know, what a game to come in on. I feel like she played, <clears throat> excuse me, a really important game or two last season. Obviously, um, there was injuries last season, but I feel like the game she had to come on for, I can't remember who it was, was it Chelsea? But like, talk about stepping into important games um so big up her she made some good saves as well um but yeah I just thought Roebuck <laughs> rush of blood to the head I thought it was interesting that Gareth Taylor tried to say it was an orange card and it was a bit harsh um mm. but for me it was it was nailed on you can't you can't do that like you can't come flying out of your goal like that slide into a player completely miss the ball um 
and just give it give the referee that kind of decision to make. There's only going to be one. So um, I, I have to say though, credit to City when she did go off. Um, they didn't look like they were down to ten, um, and no. I thought that was really impressive. There was a real fight about them. Uh, I thought United were great in the first half, and and they've been doing that really well this season. They did the same in the FA Cup final. They come out the traps fast, um, and they took their chance with Haley Ladd. I just think it's taking more of those chances and maybe that's what let them down in the FA Cup final as well. It's taking those chances that they're creating and that will frustrate them. And you know what? Maybe next season, we're going to see them start scoring more goals in these matches because they'll have learned from those experiences. And, and you know, as I keep banging on about, that seems to have been the thing about Manchester United season is learning quickly, um, which I think has been really impressive. Well, an experienced side who have not learnt quickly and now find themselves out of Champions League football for the first time since 2014 are Man City. So unless they score, I think it's about... 11. 12 goals, <laughs> yeah, against uh, Everton in their final game of the season. They are unlikely to be making it into European football next year. So and Arsenal not completely lose, out. so a few yeah, things to I go mean, their only- way. There's a couple of different variations, but I'm going to assume and safely put my flag in the sand that Man City will not be in Europe next year. But another big clash of the titans, Chelsea, Arsenal. Chelsea walking away with the points, 2-0 against Arsenal at Kings Meadow. Massive crowd, massive atmosphere. They are obviously hot on the heels of wanting to secure another title trophy. They do not want this to be United's first debut uh, into into getting some silverware. So, I mean, Rach, what did you think of this game? I think I was expecting more from Arsenal, but then you've also got to appreciate that they've got about three players left and everyone else is just completely <laughs> injured. So what are yeah. you going to do? <laughs> I like the way you said Clash of the Titans because I feel like it was this a big Titan coming up against like a Titan with a broken shield and a broken sword and like limping into this battle. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't quite as, eyes. Yeah, on a, on it wasn't a... <laughs> as classic as I was maybe uh, we'd normally expect from an Arsenal-Chelsea battle. And for those of you maybe living under a rock, Leah Valti, um is out, was out for the rest of the season after the Everton game. So just just another player to add to uh, Arsenal FC, Injury FC's um, ever-growing list of players. Um, the good news is, though, they do think that she'll make it back in time for the World Cup because when that... I mean, you saw that we shared the clip we were chatting about in the WhatsApp group. When we saw that, we kind of thought, oh God, that's her out. Like, that's her World Cup, the season. It looked like a bad um, injury on her on her ankle. Um, so at least there's some silver lining that she should hopefully make it back for uh, the World Cup. But yeah, just I just felt, I felt like the straw that broke the camel's back. Do you know what I mean? There was only, there's only so much switching around, variety, pulling players in, you know, that you can do. And when you when you lose your your midfielder like that, I mean, the fact that they were doing so, so well without, say, Kim Little in that midfield, that key player. Leah Valti is a similar kind of key role in the team, pulling the strings. And to have her out as well, it just, it, it kind of felt a bit inevitable that Chelsea were going to win that match. However, I'd be frustrated as, a, as an Arsenal fan and an Arsenal player because they had chances. They had chances to score. And they had very, very good chances to score. So to come away out of that 
losing and not even getting on the score sheet. I mean, Katie McCabe missing a penalty. Um, I mean, I feel like that's and kind of, you know, putting some spice on the Katie McCabe to Chelsea miss. rumor. Yeah, that was a horrendous <laughs> penalty. Maybe she does go on That to was Chelsea. like an no. obvious miss. That was like <laughs> yeah. she blindfolded herself on the run-up. It was just like the most bizarre. Even when I was, watch- I was watching the replay back and like the Chelsea commentator on the, uh, the Chelsea channel was saying, she has missed by a mile. Like they were taking the piss out of her. Like it was poor. Like I like yeah. expect more from like, what what was going on there? Yeah. I don't know. It's... <laughs> I feel like there was a lot. Of, that's it felt like the players going, you know, when they were having chances. Stina Blackstenius, Caitlin Ford, Frieda Manum, Katie McKay. It, it it almost felt like I haven't seen them that nervous before. Almost it was like we have to score. Do you know that kind of way? Like, um, and and maybe there is a case of that. Maybe there's a case of carrying that kind of adversity and that that stress of everything that's going on. You could see how the Volti injury affected the team when it happened. They were all kind of standing there holding their faces they were having a go at Aggie Bieber Jones like um so yeah just I think well, mentally I Arsenal weren't quite there yeah and in a way the pressure was on them they were obviously the first game last weekend they didn't know what the result was going to be for the Man City position so their, their Champions League spot and things weren't secure so for them you know regardless of their title hopes kind of not being there anymore like Champions League football was still on the line at that point so <clears throat> It's... They still could have won the title. This is what's mad. I think had Chelsea lost both matches, I mean, obviously it was going to be very difficult for Chelsea to lose both matches and United to lose both matches, but Arsenal could, was technically still in with like the tiniest reaching distance of even the title, which is mad. But I think, I mean, I guess for them, the fact that, you know, Man City didn't win will be a huge weight off because it was in their hands to secure Champions League. And <clears throat> yeah, they just felt nervous. They didn't really turn up. But equally, credit to Chelsea. Chelsea have started slow in the last few matches and they did not start slow in this match. They started quick. They were out the blocks. Guru Wrighton was being a pest. Um, Pernilla Harder, Sam Kerr, you know, I just thought they put pressure on the Arsenal backline so early and that backline looked shaky. I do feel like there's often a mistake or two in that backline. Um, so yeah, it was it was it would have been nervous watching for Arsenal fans, but um, you know it just it did feel like there was only going to be one outcome, and it was a bit of a fairy tale ending, I think as well. And, you know, with Magda Eriksson and, and Pernilla Harder leaving for her to get her first goal of the season, Magda Eriksson at Chelsea at home in her final game against Arsenal. You know, you can't write that stuff. It was a most. It was definitely a most. The celebration was a lot, and especially obviously being at King's Meadow, the crowd went absolutely mental, and rightly so. But I think before we touch on obviously what they're up to, where they're going, all the kind of announcements that's been taking place about the couple, I mean, we've got to touch on Wrighton. I mean, the impact that this kid continues to keep having. I mean, she's a settling, comfortable presence with the squad now because she's just so consistent. You know, when Emma Hayes talks about, you know, Kerr has this responsibility on her shoulders to deliver every single game and she does that. She takes that responsibility on board and she delivers. Wrighton now, I think, is up there with Kerr as being a player that is dependable, reliable and who will produce results. I mean... The uh, it's not only just the the goal scoring ability, but it's the crosses, the deliveries, the set pieces, like, and it's just pinpoint accuracy as well. It's the consistency of that. I just think she's been so important. Even getting the um, opener against Everton uh, a couple of weeks back, I mean, she was the settling force because they were struggling to find their way through. And now again in another big game, she sets up to the play and delivers the first the first goal. And what a goal it was! I mean, delivered high into the box. She sort of slides in, sending Zinsberg is already headed one way she's going the other way and it just creeps into the bottom corner and it's the most beautiful go- it's one of the most beautiful goals I've seen it was just technically stunning but I don't think we could underestimate just how amazing no. she's been for that squad dare I say their best player this season oof we're putting her down as what player of the season 
for Chelsea. In the WSL or just for Chelsea? For Chelsea. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. I just think, you know, a lot of the time we, you know, we do talk about the goal scorers a lot, obviously, understandably. Um, but yeah, her impact and, uh, you know, we talk a lot about how, how Sam Kerr kind of had to carry this Chelsea team with a lot of the injuries. But Guru Wrighton was, was right up there shouldering the burden with her, I think. And I think together their partnership this season has been superb. Um, and I like I know she's obviously gotten a huge amount of assists and a lot of those assists came in the thrashing of Leicester early on in the season. But, you know, she's assisting important game in important games. She's scoring important goals. Um, so yeah, I maybe I'll get abused for this again, but I'd uh, I'd put her up there as Chelsea's best player this season. Do you know what, Rach? I'm going to back you. Okay. If yes. You get abused for that. Okay. I'm getting abused for that. We're in this together, all right? We're a team. <laughs> okay. In it till the end, because I rate that in a big way. Um, but I mean, speaking of other very important, very integral, historic players who are now both moving on, finding pastures new, but there's no confirmed um, details yet as to where they're heading. Pernil and Ericsson, like, uh, we're not going to see them on any more KFC adverts. And that for me <laughs> is the most devastating thing about them leaving if I'm honest um yeah a few rumors about them going off to, to Bayern Munich but nothing confirms I think they're obviously going to try and find the same club I can't imagine that they'll be separating um but yeah what what kind of impact do you think that's going to have on Chelsea going forwards for next season um well firstly I'm devastated that they're leaving um I loved them thought they were a great addition to the league to have players like that and players who use their their platforms the way they do um it just means I'll be following let's be real, the German league more because I do think Bayern is the most likely club that they're going to. They have been linked to a lot of clubs. I think the, the fact that they're both at the end of their contract is now getting them free. Like, my God, what an absolute insane bargain. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna, it, you can't, as Hayes said, you can't just simply replace them. They're not the kind of players that you can just replace. You look for something different and you kind of rebuild. It's a bit like Taylor trying to replace Walsh. Like, you just can't do that. Mm. Um, and I also think that they bring so much more in terms of off the pitch as well. Their leadership, their experience. It's pretty hard to just simply replace that kind of player or players. Um, I don't think Harder ever fully got to show what she could do. I think, you know, the towards the end of this season, we're seeing more of that now. And, and God, I wish she'd had more time. Um, I think it was a combination of injury, but also it took Emma Hayes, I think, a little while to figure out how to get her to fit in the team. Um, and I think Pernilla Harder is the kind of player that you build a team around. So I think maybe that's why we didn't necessarily see what... Uh, she didn't get to flex her muscles, I think, as, as much as we would have liked um, because she is still one of the best players in the world. Um, so I'm going to miss seeing her in, in the WSL. Um, I also think credit to Chelsea for... Unless, of course, they miraculously decide to stay in the WSL. That oh, stop. Could, could you imagine? We could, we could have so much drama. I mean, Arsenal are missing a lot of players. <laughs> yes, that would be absolutely ridiculous. Could you imagine? Oh my God, we've all been looking at like Barcelona, Leon, Bayern. What language are they going to learn next? And they move across a London. Herring, if you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God, you heard it here first. Um, but no, I I was going to give credit to Chelsea um, for the way that they gave them the send off that they did. Um, I think. The, it, it's obviously going to be difficult because they're leaving together. They are together. Um, but I feel like their service to the club is slightly different given Ericsson has been there twice the time, has been there six years and captain and Harder's been there three. Both have immeasurably impacted the club. But like, I thought they managed that really, really well. They kind of gave Ericsson more time, more of a platform, but equally 
you know, gave Harder the, the plaudits she deserves as well. And I thought it was lovely at King's Meadow that they were presented with their shirts. They were given time to talk to the fans. Um, yeah, it was, it was just really, really nicely done. And I think a blueprint for other clubs if they're losing a legend or, or, you know, players from their club because there's nothing worse than finding out at the end of the season after, you know, the, the season's over or, over or you've you've played your last home game that a, a player that you love dearly is leaving. So I think hats off to Chelsea because they absolutely nailed that. And I'll be honest, I welled up a few times watching some of the videos. Um, they were very emotional. Um, so I can't imagine how Chelsea fans are feeling now losing them too. Well, I think it's a look ahead, isn't it, to sort of the next captaincy. I mean, she's obviously presided over such an incredibly successful period of time for them and the relationships that she would have developed with Emma Hayes in sort of, you know, managing the players, helping the players, supporting them. So, you know, stepping in now, I mean, you're probably looking at someone like Millie Bright, but Millie Bright also absent at the moment. So who's going to be stepping in the interim while she sorts out her injury? So probably I reckon Maren Mielder might take the armband. Um, she spoke about the leadership that she has in that squad and she mentioned Marin and she mentioned Millie so maybe we'll see her with okay. the well, well yeah I, I still think I still think it'll be probably Millie next season when, when they're when they're back and fit um, I think Millie will take the armband and by that point Millie will have also had maybe quite a lot of experience captaining the Lionesses to quite possibly, their first yes, exactly. World Cup gold okay um, we're going there <laughs> Right, it's down to the final week. This weekend, everything's going to be decided. Who are we saying, Manchester United or Chelsea for the title? Chelsea, been saying it all season. Oh, God, say something sorry. new, like United. You, like, huh? Sorry, who are you going to say? You say something new. You've been saying United all, all season as well. We're both stuck on the same record. All right, fine. Okay, well, I, so I'm putting a beer on it, okay? So, uh, yeah, on Sunday... A beer's on the line. Man United to win. You say Chelsea. And I'm going to make it, I mean, an expensive beer as well. Like a pint of like Hackney Pale Ale. Like one of those like eight percenters like with like stout Snazzy. and like hints right. of vanilla in it and stuff. Yeah. Mm. And also some like nibbles like wasabi peas. So, okay. yeah, I want, it, I want it to be a full on experience actually when I celebrate Manchester United winning the title for the first time. Well, if you're going to be celebrating on Sunday, you'll be on your own because the games are on Saturday. So I'll be putting a bottle of wine on it. A nice Rioja. Uh, and I'll be celebrating <laughs> that on Saturday um, while you wait until Sunday. It just makes sense to say Sunday because that's when all games should be played. It's the holy day of football. Listen, I get confused as well. Last week, I, last right. weekend, I was going to Spurs on Sunday rather than Saturday and I was working the game. So I'm glad someone pointed that out. Oh, even the professionals make mistakes. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. 
Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Drama at the other end of the table. Leicester have a massive, massive slip up. The relegation battle is still alive, but we will need a major upset on the final day to shake things up. Leicester, mate, you lost 2-1 against West Ham. It was your chance to really secure your season, to make sure that you were not going to be relegated back down to the championship, that you have narrowly escaped now for a number of seasons. But I just feel like you're trying to keep it sexy until the last minute. Like, But also, Reading? Like, you've now got Chelsea to face and it is like an all-or-nothing match. Chelsea for the title, Reading for the relegation. I mean... Rach, we were speaking a little bit about the Leicester game beforehand. Like the stats in that game are absolute madness. Like on paper, if you didn't watch the game and just had a look at the stats, or you'd spoken to anyone, you'd think that actually that was that was here. Leicester's game. And I mean, tell us, please, please go over them. Sixty-six percent possession for Leicester, twenty-three shots to West Ham's five. Five <laughs> of those twenty-three shots were on target to Leic- to West Ham's three. And they had 10 corners to West Ham's two. You were giving what me very fuck? Jeff Stelling type vibes just... there with that. It's going to say, has there been a red about someone else? Um, oh, there was a red, actually, come to think of it. Right at the end, Ruby Mays gets a second yellow and gets a red card. Two red cards in a day. I don't think we've seen that in the WSL. Um, oh, but yeah, she's I... young. You've got to have that. You've got to have I... that experience, that hot-headedness at some yeah. point to learn. <laughs> She's had, having that kind of fucking how are we not winning this match kind of vibes. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. Um, I don't blame yeah, that. I, I rate that energy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how Leicester didn't win that game. They had one job to secure uh, WSL status. And going up against a team who hasn't won a WSL game this year, you would have thought that they were going to they were gonna put it to bed. Um, and to be honest, I feel like talking to Kelly Chambers after the Reading game on Saturday, she was kind of like, well, you know, nothing's... Nothing's totally finished, <laughs> but at the same time, like, she really. She sounds very calm for a person facing relegation. Well, you know. <laughs> but I feel like she had time to prepare for it. She, They didn't do their job against Spurs. And I feel like even she was like, come on, Leicester will have to beat West Ham in this in this situation. And they didn't. So now it swings back. Pressure on Reading to just beat Chelsea. Um, You know, no big deal. It was just, I think that whole Leicester game was just such an unusual situation. I mean, you had, yeah, Mace being sent off. You had McKenzie McKenzie Arnold coming out of her. I mean, it wasn't, I don't even think she attempted to get the ball. I think she just wanted to clatter into Eileen Whelan, obviously giving away the penalty. It was just like the most bizarre situation ever. And it just summed up a very bizarre end to the season at this end of the table. Um, And Spurs, yeah, obviously they had, I mean, they picked up the points. Well done to them. really kind of robust win against Reading mm-hmm. 4-1 Bethany England obviously being their saviour again I mean she's pretty much been their saviour in every single game since she started very much setting out a big campaign for her inclusion in the Lionesses squad because it is all to play for now with the amount of injuries that we've got but going back to Spurs I mean obviously it was the first time that a Premier League and WSL club had got together for a double header at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium which is a beautiful stadium beautiful environment to be around the men's team lost their game I think there was a pretty decent crowd I'm hearing sort of 60-70 thousand people plus at that game 
But by the time the WSL match started, just over 6,000 fans still at the stadium. So not the greatest turnout for what I think Spurs thought was going to be this big sort of movement, this big sort of show of like how collaborative they're now being with their women's side. But it just didn't hit the mark, I don't think, Rach. It was a nice idea. Uh, I think it was poorly executed. Um, mm. I think, and it was announced quite late, right? It was only like a few weeks back that they announced it was happening. Um, so part of me thinks there was an element of we're putting the women's team in after the men's team. That'll market itself, and I'm not really sure it did. Um, you know, I think maybe given Spurs probably just out of relegation issues at this stage, maybe there didn't seem to be as much on the game. Maybe. Reading aren't going to draw that kind of crowd but um, it wasn't brilliant I think you know there were hiccups in a lot of areas not just kind of fans but also media stuff um, wasn't brilliant um, you know when the when the men's journalists men's football journalists get like three course meals and we get um, trays of sandwiches uh, it kind of shows <laughs> disparity between the two teams quite starkly. Um, well, that's not like Spurs. That wasn't and, that wasn't like Spurs when I was there. <laughs> and then the media room gets closed before final whistle. So <laughs> you can't go back and uh, write up your stories and stuff. So that was just a bit like just a few hiccups here and there. And I think if you're going to do something like that, it needs to be planned well in advance and it needs to be well planned. Um, you know, and it, you know, I had a lot of people on my timeline saying, oh, People didn't stay, the crowd's shit. And I think, you know, I saw a figure floating around of over 6,000 um, staying at the game. And that's better than previous crowds they've had when they played there. I was there for their game against uh, Brighton, I think it was. And that's that was a better crowd. It's just the difference is everyone's kind of smattered around the place, you know, and it just doesn't look great. They tried to bring everyone down to the first kind of tier, um, but it just doesn't look great then because it just means fans are kind of dotted around and... Yeah, it probably just doesn't have quite the impact that they were hoping. No, it didn't hit the mark at all. Um, lessons have been learned, though. It's the first time it's happened, so we've got to take that positive away from it. And also a win at the stadium as well, which are that you know Spurs have struggled with with getting positive results at, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, mainly because they choose to play Arsenal there. Um, and that's a game they're not going to win anytime soon. But here we are, 4-1, very impressive. So hopefully that might encourage maybe more people to come down and also encourage other clubs to do doubleheaders. I mean, a doubleheader at somewhere like the Emirates, um, you know, Stamford Bridge would be absolutely insane going forward so that is something on the cards but it'd be interesting actually I don't I didn't have a look at the, um, the actual state of the pitch but how quickly they have to turn around the pitch after it's been absolutely chewed up by all the men like 22 men for um over or oh, an hour and a half or so and then to quickly turn that around for the women's game given that we've got just a, a space of ACL injuries having a pitch that's literally just been played up and chewed up is also another factor to, to consider mm. there um one more thing before we go. Speaking of broader marketing of the women's game, it was reported on Monday that DAZN will be putting the majority of Champions League games behind a paywall next season. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I have enjoyed massively watching the Champions League women's football on YouTube for free. But DAZN have said the time is right to accelerate the value of the women's game. So 19 games will remain free on YouTube, including all of the knockouts, but 49 will now only be available if you pay £9.99 for a DAZN subscription. To be honest, I think it's fair. They are providing a top quality product now. It, it you, you need to pay for things like that. I think it's, it's only the right thing to do. And I think 
The only concern that I do have a little bit is that you've got now sort of, you know, BT, BBC, you've got the uh, Sky covering these games and the cost of all of these different subscriptions massively adds up. And I think what you, I mean, that's for the men's and the women's game, but what you are going to start to find is that you're paying about £100 a month just to access women's football. Like, I mean, that, that in itself is madness and suggests to me that we're having a bit of a crisis in terms of the accessibility of the game online regardless of men's and women's football. I mean, Rach, what are your thoughts? Do you think it should be free or do you think actually it deserves a a paywall? Um, I understand why they're doing it because they want to make money and I'm pretty sure they've made big losses, I think was recently reported. Um, Part of me wonders if it's too soon because the interest in the Champions League has grown quite a bit over the last year or two and I wonder if maybe after the World Cup or given another year, um, not after the World Cup, but a year kind of after the World Cup, maybe we'd then have more people willing to pay for those 49 matches um, because I guess the difficulty is if you're following your team I do wonder if a team package would have been a good idea but um, yeah how many people you might lose on those matches um, potentially but equally I think it's good that they're keeping the knockout games that's where you're going to get um, big eyes and big numbers so I can understand it but yeah that wider problem of just having to spend a lot of money to watch football is not just for women's football but for men's football as well so I can understand that that's going to be frustrating and I also think to be honest we're going to need I know you say it's a very good quality product it is but we're going to need more if it's being paid for you need half an hour before you need half time analysis you need full time analysis um, and I think people will be expecting that if they're going to be uh, paying for it I think it's on some of the streams but not necessarily all of them I know I've I've press play when it's literally just kicking off so I think people will want more around that and I imagine if people are paying a subscription that 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 will be thought about massively I do think that it does miss that additional kind of build up the discussion the analysis things like that it does just it cuts to the feed and then all of a sudden you're into the game and there's no kind of like okay what's going on who's happening is the changes to the squad it's just this is the information so yeah 100% I think it's, a, it's an interesting call I think just off the back of you know what Infantino the man who we all love to hate uh, was saying about the undervaluing of uh, some of the rights and the, the sort of offers that people were putting in for the broadcasting rights for the Women's World Cup um, this year and sort of how to value that and whether it's being undervalued or whether we should be charging more or less or whatever it is. So I thought a lot of the undervaluing of the Women's World Cup is because of uh, FIFA uh, and Infantino. So while I the message he's saying is makes sense, um, the reason it's being undervalued is because they used to just wrap all of the women's rights into the men's um, deals so technically they weren't being paid for and now suddenly they're demanding a lot more money so you know it's kind of you've made your bed but equally we all want expect more um, investment and we want people to be paying what it's worth for women's football it's just when it comes from someone like Infantino it's like well you are kind of one of the reasons it's it's being undervalued so this kind of I'm now a feminist is um, not really watching with a lot of people I think oh Infantino is just such a hero in the feminist space um yeah. Okay. Well, we will all be paying for our subscriptions uh, as of September, I'm assuming. Uh, well, I will be. Uh, Rach, you can share mine. Are we allowed to say that online? Is that illegal? No, we oh. won't do that. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Where are you going to be this weekend then when uh, when you finally see Manchester United lift the trophy? Where will you be? It'd be one of those moments. Where were you I'm when this I'm planning happened? to watch Chelsea lift it at Reading. <laughs> Weird. I feel like you're at the wrong at the wrong place but cool you do you hon um i will be at home uh on the sofa with a beer glass of champagne ready uh on ice popping uh with a you know a couple of banners going that kind of thing uh ready to to see in uh the debut for for man united obviously 
Right, well, the next time I speak to you, it will, we will literally know who's right and who's got that very expensive Hackney beer. Um, so Have stay tuned. We'll catch up with you next week. If you've got any questions for us before then, tweet us at Football Ramble, Rachel's at Girls on the Ball, and I am at Morgie underscore 89. See you soon. Upfront is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.